Should we sing talk the rest of the episode? Hmm. No. No. Pinball Podcast. Okay. Hi, everybody. It's Tuesday, September 26th, and this is episode 113 of the Pinball Podcast. I'm Jeff. Always, always here is Jessica. Jessica, how you doing? Always, always here. I'm, I'm good. Thank you for asking. Sorry I keep making you do this. <laughs> Um, yeah. So, before I get into anything, I had my, you know, I keep having these boy I'm old moments, like I'll notice something, and this week I had one that really freaked me out. So the intro music was uh, St- Stone Temple Pilots. Yeah, you want saw... to run through my secret garden. Yeah, <laughs> well, th- that, <laughs> wicked garden, but, um. Oh. Damn it. Close enough. You, you recognize it. I saw on Facebook today that like tomorrow or the day after they're releasing the 25th anniversary version of that album. Oh. And that really freaked me out because the first concert I ever went to was a Stone Temple Pilots concert. <laughs> and I was totally into that album in junior high um, when it came out. Now it's 25 years ago. Well, I got into them a little bit later, so... I was only 11 when that came out, so. But still crazy. 25 years? There's no way. So. Oh, Secret Garden was a children's book. It and was. I'm and really if Scott Weiland had showed up, that would have been bad. Yeah. So. <laughs> All right. Um, well, it's funny that you had that pop up because um, I was listening today. How did I get on this kick? Something reminded me of a Veruca Salt song, so I ended up listening to Veruca Salt Radio on Spotify, and it was like, here are all of the hits from when you were 13. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And it's funny that I think there is a Veruca Salt um, Pete and Pete connection there, right? Oh, maybe. Because the adventures of Pete and Pete, I've been watching those with my kids the last few nights. Oh, and true. that show holds up, and it's hilarious still. Arnie is still the strongest man in the world. Like, no one's broken his record yet. No, he's still. <laughs> the The crazier thing is Artie is the voice of Bobby Hill on King of the Hill. So. Artie does a lot of great stuff. He hosts, like, a, like an old-school vaudeville kind of show in L.A., I think it is. And I always see pictures from it, and I'm jealous that I can't go. <laughs> I did notice, though, that he he shows a scandalous amount of uh, bulge during the Pete and Pete episodes. But define scandalous. Um, th- I'm, I'm going to need pictures. Just send them to they, me. They might as well have just painted on his pants on that show. But mm-hmm. um, anyway, yeah. So this has been your '90s flashback. Um, <clears throat> should we talk about pinball or something? I guess. Wait. I've got news. Ooh. You have one guess of what my personal life news might be. Oh, personal life news. Hmm. No surgery. Yeah, I was going to say, like, what did you break? 
Or did you go to the doctor and get a clean bill of health? That would be no, news. No, no, that that's no, that's not it. <laughs> All right, what was it? We have baby number three coming. What? And it's far enough along that we already know it's another boy. So we have three boys now. Well, Dang! Good luck with that. Two and a third boys. I mean, congratulations. Uh, two and a third. No, I, I have this. <laughs> I have the same, uh, we're going to need a lot of luck reaction, but it's exciting. Boys are awesome. Uh, kids are g- good. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's that's happening probably late March or so. But uh, we'll, we'll bring them up and they can all visit Aunt Jessica. Oh, boy. Um Wow. Yeah, congrats. That's awesome. I uh, don't know how people have kids because... Oh, we can no, talk well, about I, I mean, I understand oh. the biology of how people have kids. Okay, because um, I was say I could play Wicked Garden again. But... <laughs> or maybe I should go read Secret Garden again. One of the two will help me To with my this. kids. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I Tesla got really sick last week, and oh, yeah. I... Yes. Like, finally have some sort of gauge for how it feels for parents of human children to have a baby who's sick and can't tell you what's wrong. And you feel like you've failed them and, like, you're super helpless and don't really know what to do and you just cry all the time. Yeah. the, The tough part of when it's an animal is you can't explain to it that you feel awful now, but it won't be your forever. You'll feel better. Like they, with a kid, you can tell them, Hey, go to sleep. You'll feel better in the morning or you'll start feeling better with, with a dog or a cat. They just are miserable and they don't know what's going on. They just yeah. know they feel terrible. And it's sad. Like when pets are sick, it's super sad. So, but you all, all better now, right? Um, he's doing a little better. It's not as scary as it was last week. They rushed us into, like, I called the vet, and I'm not going to go into all the specifics, but basically I called the vet, and they said, we need to see him today. And they didn't really elaborate on that. And then when I got him in, so thankfully I was at work and needed to finish some stuff at work, and the soonest appointment they could get me was still a few hours out. Um, So I was very fortunate to have two of my bells, Sue and Leslie, took shifts at the house, keeping an eye on him to make sure that he wasn't getting worse. And I am super, super grateful to have them um, be able to come and and help look after my little buddy. So um, yeah, but I got him in and they rushed us into like this isolation area, which I didn't know existed at my vet's office. And I was just terrified. And Tesla was just He just wasn't himself at all. So it was really scary. He is as close to an actual biological child as I will ever get. Um, And the thought that something is wrong with him and I can't do anything about it was really very, very scary. Um, I may actually end up on like one of those people of Walmart websites at some point. So like keep an eye out because they had me try to feed him baby food for a portion of time. And it was like a specific kind they told me to get and they didn't have it at Walgreens. And the guy there was like, they have it at Walmart. So I was at Walmart 
completely covered in cat fur because when Tesla's scared, like he sheds, which like, you know how humans lose hair when you're stressed yeah. out, completely covered in cat fur uh, at the self-checkout line at Walmart, buying baby food, bawling my face off. So somewhere, someone has picture because it's totally out of context. You're just crying into a bottle of baby food. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> uh, so if you hear stuff, he's in he's in the room with me, and apparently he's trying to burrow uh, through the carpet. I don't know what he's doing. He's nesting. He has to be like right near me all the time now, which is fine by me. I want him. Yeah. Close by, but he's on the mend, so. Well, that's good. Yeah. Um, the show cat has to be all right, so. I know. Well, you know, you know what my least favorite part about, um, like you mentioned going to Walmart, and mm-hmm. I, I don't like Walmart. I also hate um, going to the mall. Do you know what my least favorite part of it is, though? Hmm. All the kids walking around making you feel super old. Well, that happens pretty much everywhere I go. That, that's, <laughs> that's a bummer. Them with their ripped jeans and their long, messy hair. but And their jinkos and their puff-up shoes. Yes, the pumps. Actually, though, it's just dealing with the crowds at the LED store. And <laughs> trying to get all the LED bulbs back home. They're just, like, falling out of my pocket. Um Luckily, you know, Jessica, you don't you don't have to go to the mall for your LEDs anymore. That's you know a why? relief. You know why? Why? Because niftyled.com exists. Oh, they have LEDs. a web store now. They have a web store. They've upgraded from the mall kiosk. That's impressive. They, they have a www. They have one. And you can buy all your LEDs there for your pinball machines. And in, including... You know, they're the exclusive provider of LEDs for Chicago gaming games. Um, so Medieval Madness Remake and Attack from Mars Remake, if you want to swap out those LEDs, you gotta you got to go to Nifty. But that's not all they have. They have very, very purple bulbs, um, as well as other colored bulbs. They have tools. For all your perping needs. All your perping needs. You perp it up. Um, they have tools, they have rubbers, they have balls, and they have good attitudes, which is valuable in this uh, hobby of ours. So, uh, niftyled.com, stop going to the mall for LEDs. You, they mark it up because it's retail there. I just, just stop. Right, right. And then you have to park. Oh. And there's always yeah. the one person who's going to snake your parking spot, and they're going to go and they're going to buy the last of the purple LEDs on the shelf. Oh, it never fails. You go in there, you, you've got a bright pin bot you really want to perp out, and some some guy who's going to put him in a World Cup soccer cleans him out right before you get there. It's just... <sighs> um, NiftyLED.com will never run out of purple bulbs. They have a lot, so... Perfect. Yeah. Promo and code, perp it up? It's Hollywood. Okay. Um, Hollywood, Hollywood will save you a few <laughs> bucks. But, uh, perp it up probably should be what replaces hollywood i think uh going into next year so agreed we should we should register that website perpetup.com yeah so i've been the secret domain owner behind sternarmy.com mm-hmm. um and i i'm letting it lapse in a few days so 
you can uh, go to sternarmy.com and it might still be up when this publishes, but I got the renewal notice, which I chose not to do. Um, so it's going to go away. Well, it's time for everyone to uh, to get on it. It's funny how much traffic it gets because I have analytics on it. And that's part of the reason I'm not doing it because the joke should have died off a long time ago. <laughs> but I think it's legit bringing people in who are searching on Google. Well, let me see. Stern Army. Um, Wait. There's a Perp It Up broadcasting station on YouTube. <laughs> Is it just print songs? Two subscribers, one upload. Oh, no. Welcome to Perp from four years ago. Oh, I thought you were making a joke. Two subscribers. No, it actually like... keep Keep calm and join Perp. <laughs> well, Daniel, we know what you're doing. <laughs> we gotcha. So, yeah. Oh, my gosh, that's great. Well, I guess I won't buy Perp it up, but... <laughs> You should um, because then this guy's gonna have to buy it from you. Oh, that's a that's a good good get. You're right. <laughs> I'll just redirect it to niftyled.com. Um, Excellent. There's also a also, farmer on World of Warcraft with the name Perp It Up. <laughs> okay, I'm done now. I promise. <laughs> Don't be done. But uh, Perp It Up, huh? So just. I have to put the disclaimer out there. Please don't do not do that to your games. But if you want to do that to your games, they'll help you. Yeah. Um, one last little bit before we talk about our dang cells. Uh, after the show, we have a new pinball popcorn from Joe. Joe Zankus, friend of the show and media master. So check that out. That will be after we're done talking. And um, I was going to tease it right now, but I'll make you wait. So he's a medium aster as opposed to like a small or large aster. Right, right. Yeah. Actually, he's a he's a very tall man. Mm. So he's a media tall man. Um. <laughs> Today's anyway. gonna be goofy. Anyway, let's talk about what we've been doing in pinball. And, what have you been doing in pinball? Uh, unfortunately, not a whole lot, and the reason for that really really sucks so i've always had migraines um here we go uh, yeah i've always had them going back to about uh, high school is when it started and um for a while they got really really bad and i had to i, I we've talked about it a little bit i had to wear the awesome gunner glasses which you have some too mm-hmm. um and they make me look like a fat bono um so, anyway, it's always been pretty manageable, but over the last month or so, I've been getting them really often. Uh, mm. Instead of like once or twice a month, I'm getting them like two or three times a week, and I'm having a hard time looking at a pinball machine, because mm. I've always got the headache, and I'm always on the verge of it going migraine on me, but uh, when I stand over them and I start looking at the lights and stuff, it just, I can't do it. I start... Like, the way that my migraines develop is first I start losing vision, then I start getting um, nauseous, mm. and then then the headache just comes to full force. But uh, I start getting these blind spots, and I'm looking at the game, and I know it's starting to trigger. So I'm trying to figure that out. Um, when I have been able to play, I've been playing 
uh, a lot of dialed in and Wizard of Oz, but we're going to see how see how it goes. I've got a tournament coming up this Saturday, and I haven't been able to practice at all. I, I think I've probably played 10 games of pinball since we last recorded, which is a mega bummer for me, because that's, I mean, I would normally do more than that each night. I just right. haven't been able to, so... Um, so there's that. That's super not cool. But, uh, trying to think if there's anything else I managed to do. Um, I had bought the Heavy Metal Meltdown last time, so that's not new. Uh, yeah, not much else. Uh, dang. That's a bummer. But, oh, the other thing I did do, which is not a which is another on the long, along the lines of a bummer, is I am not going to be able to go down to the uh, IFPA head-to-head tournament down in Vegas now. Or I was registered for that. Um, I will be um, volunteering for the elementary's Halloween festival, though, which happens the same night. So you really should think about having those kids. Mm-hmm. <laughs> opens you up to a really fun opportunity sounds um, like it sure does so that's a, about it really sorry so um, you've done negative pinball I've, I've played a few games but right but then you yeah. took yourself out of going to this thing right and now um there's a kid on the way so it's going to be even less pinball true i did actually now that i'm thinking about it um, it was almost two weeks ago. I played uh, some location pinball at the amusement park. It's by my house. So I did do that. Unfortunately, they took the NBA Fast Breakout that was mm-hmm. there, which I always liked playing. And all that was left now was Indiana Jones and 24. And that's the stern Indiana Jones. Oh, no. I know. So you're right. Negative pinball. Um happened so that's super unfortunate but uh i haven't had a migraine since friday and it is tuesday i had a really bad headache today but it didn't go full migraine so that's encouraging i just need to i need to make sure it doesn't hit me on saturday so i can play in the tournament so i had cluster migraines at one point so you and i should actually have a conversation about that that's not on the podcast I know people want to hear that, but maybe we'll just have a separate uh, podcast for that. Yeah, yeah, we'll just do like a, like a bonus episode. Yeah. Or maybe we'll stick it after the pinball popcorn. Release it as B side down yeah. the line, maybe two years from now. Uh, yeah, so you know what I'm talking about, and it's brutal, but yeah, it sucks. Anyway, uh, that's my bummer. Um, I should have led with that and then finished with the cool news that i'm gonna have a kid <laughs> oh that's that's the thing let's come up with a we got to come up with a name for a boy that's pinball related that maybe my wife won't realize is pinball related because you know if she knows she's like nah you're not gonna give him a pinball name but we can do this um you can hmm. nope that's not gonna be a good that's not gonna be a popular idea so i'm just not gonna I'm not going to head in that direction. We'll we'll figure something out. Okay, so I need a pinball-related boy name. Rudy. 
here's the thing. My last name, you know, with my last name being Rivera, it's mm-hmm. a mouthful, and you have to stick. You have to try and avoid R's, like <laughs> like Earl and Rory would be out. Rudy's pushing it. It's okay, actually. What what's Rudy short short for? Rudolph. Rudolph. Rudolph, <laughs> Rudolph Rivera. That sounds a little a little marble mouthy, but maybe. So think about it. <laughs> Listeners, think about it. If yeah. you guys name if someone out there actually names my son, um, I don't know. I'll give you something. Like one of my other kids. I don't know. <laughs> you can get him a t shirt or something, right? Naming your kid. Yeah. I mean well I'll, I'll think of something worth worthwhile. Alright. That's All fair. Right. All right, so um, in usual fashion, I've made up doing enough pinball for the two of us. <laughs> I'm glad, because that's the least pinball I've done in a very, very long time. So Yeah. Um, so just to go back to the last show really quickly, um, I appreciate all of the nice comments from everyone about the Steve Kirk section. Um I personally, I'm going to put you on the spot, want to just like cut that episode in half and just have the Steve Kirk bit available um, on its own because I feel really torn about, you know, having so much negative in an episode where I really wanted to like honor him and not talk about all of the stuff that was happening. And then you're like, hey, let's talk about this stuff. And I'm like, uh, uh. So uh, I was unprepared and rambly and upset, but um, I think he deserves a little bit better than that. So maybe we can do like a 112B and just make it the Steve Kirk thing. But I think it would be nice to have that. Um, yeah. Now that the, the show's been out, we could just, I could just re-release it on the feed so that if you yeah. download it, it's just devoid of that part. Yeah. Let's do it. Um, or um, even better, we should do a... Steve Kirk follow up because we should probably just feature Nine Ball. One hundred percent. There's um, a lot to talk about, and I think that you know my desire to learn more about him really resonated with a bunch of people because other people have said like, "Thank you for these stories and for sharing them," or send me new bits of information. Um, I was talking to Adam um, down at Flipperspiel. And he was saying that Steve Kirk, Kirk was not his real last name. Yeah. Which I don't, I, I don't, like I asked him about it and he said, uh, Gary Stern had visited his arcade like a long time ago, saw his meteor. We were talking about Stern machines from back in the day. And Gary told him that Kirk was not his real name, but for the life of him could not remember what his given last name was. He said that Steve was a Star Trek fan and loved Captain Kirk, so he took the name for himself on the pins he designed. The years Steve Kirk started designing pinball machines lines up right with Star Trek being on TV, so Gary's story seemed likely to Adam at the time. So that's kind of from my Instagram uh, conversation with Adam, um, which I thought was super interesting. And if anyone knows anything about that or anything else, Steve Kirk, like <laughs> it's so, it's so sad, sad in a way, but like I think it gives room for exploration because now the designers who are coming out like 
we know them like current designers who've been yeah. doing this for a long time. We know so much about them and it's internet era and everyone finds out everything about everybody um, in very quick maybe order. Maybe a little too much. Maybe <laughs> a little too much. So I just, I think it's super interesting to, to be able to share some stories about designers who, you know, maybe aren't around anymore or not designing now, yeah. but their games kind of stand the test of time and become very sought after by people in the community who still really enjoy playing them. And, um, you know, I think for me, the, the thing about Steve Kirk that resonates so much aside from, you know, how meaningful it was to him was when he talks about designing his games, he wants to have something that you can put out in an arcade and someone who's inexperienced and doesn't know what to look for can go up and play it and have a reasonable idea of I should shoot for these shots and have a good time. And that experienced players can learn a little bit more about the technique and kind of the progression of the game. And it will still present a challenge to them. Right. And that's exactly the type of game that I love. So it makes a lot of sense that I've gravitated towards him so heavily. Um, but you know, in all the things that I learned about him kind of reading his philosophy about game design, um, definitely struck a chord. So I'm super interested to learn more things about him and for everyone who's been willing to share and everyone who is willing, thank you so much. Um, it's really great connecting with people in the community too, just to talk about something new and different. So I've been <laughs> really enjoying it, but yeah, thanks to um, everyone who listened, but yes, we'll redo that episode so you can just get the good bits. Yeah. I heard a lot of comments on that. Uh, people, some people sent some messages um, saying that they really enjoyed that. So I think uh, not just for him, but we should probably look into digging up more kind of some of the cool stuff from Pinball's past. A lot of times I, um, I'm a little bit not hesitant to do it, but um, I don't feel as much the need because of all of the old, this old Pinball uh, interviews and stuff out there. But actually going through it and finding out how much untold stuff there actually is. I totally think we could do more of that. And it's Definitely. fun. Yeah, so. I really like that. Um, yeah. Okay, yeah. So there's that. I did, a, I did a bunch of pinball stuff. I've been kind of taking a break and I feel like I um, went against that for a little while. So um, I've actually been doing things. So we had our second... Um, Battle of the Bells, the women's tournament that we're doing here in Portland. That's so, when you just guys get together and it's just like a massive bar fight, right? Yes, pretty much. <laughs> um, so Brenna, who won the first Battle of the Bells, also won the second Battle of the Bells. So she's super slaying it. Dang. Um, and she just got second place uh, in the women's tournament up at the Vancouver Flipout. So excellent job, Brenna continue to crush all the things which i'm sure she will um and then i met this gal esther who is here from um she's been in new zealand and australia and so we started talking and she's gonna help me find some um recommendations for stuff to do when i go to pincade and she got second place she was awesome super fun to play with um did just a great job we were at blackbird pizza and they were um 
kind enough to not just, you know, welcome us and promote our event um, kind of through their page, but the owner came by to like check in to see how everything was going and donated a bunch of prizes to the winner circles. So gift certificate, t-shirt, hat, uh, beer koozie. So it was pretty fantastic. Um, just really welcoming and supportive of what we're doing and uh, let us take over their little upstairs room over at Blackbird and Chris Rhodes had all the games tuned up. Everything was in amazing shape for the tournament. So uh, Chris Rhodes and out of order did an amazing job getting ready for us and Blackbird were just really gracious hosts and I look forward to us being back there in the future. Um, our next one is going to be at Pinball Outreach Project, which I'm really stoked about. Um, so that's our October location. And, um, yeah, that should be a good time because it's a lot of machines that, um, you don't see in other spots in Portland. So very, very excited. Oh, very cool. Yeah. Um, then after that, I went to Seattle cause I never go to Seattle. I feel like every time we talk, I'm in Seattle. <laughs> um, yeah, you're up there often. <laughs> Seattle Pinball League once a month. It's, I mean, I love it. It's, it's fantastic. I want to do it all the time. I will 100% continue to do those SPL tournaments. Um, so I drove up on Friday and went over to uh, Flip Flip. Ding, ding, of course. Um, got to play some games with Travis. And Alexa was working, which is great. And then Katie came by um, after dinner with Jeff and we all got to play a few games and uh, kind of chill out because the next morning we had to go get on the ferry to go to Todd McCullough's house. Oh, that's great. It was amazing. Um, first of all, Todd is like the most gracious host, nicest guy. Um, this was the first time that he and I have actually got to like talk and have time when there wasn't a lot of other stuff going on. Um, I was actually in his group. So, <laughs> so the format for this SPL, there were 57 players. So they seed you by your um, SPL handicap. And the handicap is determined based on how well you've done over the past five SPL events. So, okay. um, I had done well in the first two, so basically they went down in groups of four, and it was A, B, C, D, down to M, so I was in group C, which was great but intimidating, because I was, uh, Chris Chin was in that group, he was in my group the very first SPL I did, Um, and then Todd McCullough was in my group as well, and then, oh my gosh, I'm going to forget the last, Richie, there's a guy named Richie, and I can't remember his last name, who was also in our group, who's very nice. So you stay in your group all day, and then you play five games, and everyone gets a chance to choose a machine. Top seed chooses the fifth machine, so they get two game choice selections. Um, and then you go through, and you play your games, and record results, and then they have a way of, with the handicap, kind of determining who makes it into finals and that sort of thing. So... Uh, Christian won first place on every single game we played. <laughs> so he ate Clean all up. the points. Yeah. Um, I would have needed to get first place in at least one of those groups to have a shot. But um, I came in second in our group, really close um, with Todd, which I felt pretty good about considering they're his games. Um, oh, and yeah. 
it was nice because we got to hang out all day and kind of talk about things. So we started on his Big Lebowski, which is the nicest Big Lebowski I've ever... I mean, not that I've played a lot of them, but uh, the nicest one that I've played. And it played smooth and nice, and the game did what it was supposed to do, and it was so much fun. Like That helps. <laughs> yeah, I would love to play it again. They actually just put it back out on rotation at Quarter World, and I really hope it holds up on location because I would be interested in getting deeper into that game for sure. Um, but I had a really great, fun game on that machine, and that was awesome. I made the mistake of choosing to play Bonsai Run because I really like that game, but I also had the pitfall of whenever you select a game, you're going to tank that game. Yeah. And that's exactly what I did. Like, it was so bad. Um, <laughs> Bonsai Run can be so brutal, though. Like, yep. um, last time we played it for League, like, my 3 million point score was just I think it was the high score for the night, but most people were struggling to hit one with how how hard it was set up. I, the game yeah. can just do that on some nights. Yeah, it was it was not being kind to me. But while everyone else was playing their great balls on Bonsai Run, I um, was playing this heavy hitter pitching bats. Oh, those are so fun! Oh my gosh! Well, this one I guess is kind of a rare one and Todd has one that has like the original like leg stand so it's you know like a little pinball machine almost in shape and then um I don't it's the, my favorite pitch and bat that I've played so far also not that I've played a ton of different ones but uh <laughs> of the, the ones. ones I have it was super addicting um and then like later in the evening after the rounds were done it was just like I'm going to see how high this can go so I was trying to roll his heavy hitter and I did because yeah. it counts up, it's like one through nine, and then there's a light for ten. So once you get the ten, then you, it keeps adding the single digit numbers, and then there's a light for twenty. So once it kicks over to twenty, then it adds twenty one through twenty nine. So what I thought would happen is that the ten light would also come on, so that you would add the twenty, the ten, and then the numbers. So my guess was that you could get it up to thirty nine. You can only get it up to twenty nine. <laughs> So it was frustrating because I got it pretty well beyond that point, but it was not showing anywhere. So, um, but at least I rolled something while I was there. <laughs> um, yeah, so that was, it was amazing. Just, he had a joust that I played before the tournament even started. So that was fantastic. Um, and he had a safe cracker. So after all the rounds were done, um, I played a couple games on it. And then my friend Michael, he played a couple games on it because we found out that it has the original tokens in it. Yeah, and that's awesome. I really wanted one and Michael mm -hmm. really wanted one. So Michael played a ton of games until we left to go to dinner. And then we came back afterwards. And <laughs> so we got back. And a bunch of people were playing on Big Lebowski, and I really wanted to play it, but no one was playing on Safecracker. So I was like, okay, <laughs> we probably don't have time for a lot of games left in the house, because all the pinballs in the house. And then we went out to like the arcade later in the night, so that we wouldn't kind of wake up as kids or anything like that. So 
uh, I was like, let me just get like one last game of Safecracker in. And I did. And I won a token. And I was so excited. Yeah, it was. It's so awesome <sighs> when it rolls down the glass to you. <laughs> well, I had that happen at Shorty's on theirs. But that was when they, I guess it was early on when they got their Safecracker. So they just had like these blank slugs or like they had the American flag on one side or something. All um, right. Now they have custom stamped shorties tokens, which I would definitely, when I'm up there at some point, I will try to win to just hold on to one of those. But the blank ones, I was like, I don't, there's no reason for me to keep this. Um, but I didn't know they were the blank ones the first time we played it there. And I was really excited and didn't realize that the coin was just going to shoot down the glass. So of course I dropped it. But that day I got four of those tokens, but none of them were you know, the actual token. So I was really excited to finally get that. Um, and then we stayed pretty much until like the last ferry left. And then um, me and Michael and Mike, so just keep keeping it easy. We decided that we wanted to go play a little bit more. So we went over to 8-Bit. Um, I hadn't been there in a while. So that was nice. Um, I got to play two games I've never played before. And these are the only two games that we played before we left because it was a Saturday night crowd at 8-Bit and I just wanted to leave. Um, Deadly Weapon? Nope. Oh. Nope. Uh, I played one that I really liked and one that I really did not like. Which one do you want to hear about first? Uh, the one you didn't like, Fishtails. I played the Jetsons. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I... yeah. It's... For what they were trying to achieve, it's fine, but it's just not appealing to players of our experience, I guess, you could say. Yeah, it, it just, just, to me, simple. it just didn't feel fun. Like, it didn't have that replayability to me where I'm like, oh, I want to do that again. And yeah. the, uh, it's just a scream. It's like a screaming fast zizzle with, with full, like, quality parts right like it's a very simple layout just yeah it's very simple um just collect the letters for each character now the hand-drawn art that john chad did looked great Um, yeah the animations though like the the screen it was like it was trying to it was almost like they put a grid over things to make it look pixelated but it ended up just looking really awkward. It, it looks muddy. It, it ends up looking like it's out. It, almost like it's a video of a screen that's slightly out of focus, right? Like the video is a little out of focus. Yeah. And their video, I don't know. It just looks a little muddy. Yeah. Like, yeah. Chunky, I guess. Yeah, chunky. I don't know. Um, it's, it's, it's buffering. Yeah. And I'm already blocked from their Facebook page, so I can't share with them my game feedback. Um <laughs> But you're just a troublemaker. <laughs> it was one Judge Judy eye roll. That was it. Like all that was all it took to start this off. That's it. Only Judy can judge Which is the also, pinball company. Judy is a character in the Jetsons, so that's, how do they that's know it wasn't even on topic? It could have just been on topic. It could have been super on topic. That's exactly that's what I meant, you guys. Totally unblocked me from your Facebook page. Well, at least you got blocked for a mild form of protest. I got blocked from Stern's Facebook page for a legit question when they were making those paper flock books, the mm-hmm. 
they sold LE versions that sold out. Yeah. And then they opened up a bunch of new ones. And I said, are you going to adjust the price of the LE now that there's more available? And that's what I asked. And I just got banned for that. So They were just following the Batman 66 model. <laughs> but I was just, I was actually curious. I was like, oh, oh, you're going to make more LEs? Are they going to adjust? Like, oh. No, they're only limited until they find out that more people will pay them money for them. <laughs> then you find a few. Find they're, a few more. They're magically less limited. Well, anyway... We're we're rebels. Okay, so you played the Jetsons. Yeah, it was it was yeah. Uh, yeah. a thing. Yeah, it was a thing it, it is, that we did. The art is great, though. Yep. I... Yes, hundred uh, percent. But speaking of great art, do you want to guess what the other game was that I played that I really like? Phantom of the Opera. No, they have that yeah. at Flip Flip, but no. Uh, I got to play Torpedo Alley. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, on the. Translite, um, <laughs> those tight pants. Oh, the pants! They're not actual pants. They painted those on. Were you the one who told me that? I don't they're know. But so good, it's so good. But they're painted on after they took the picture. I don't know why. But... We're we're having like a painted on pants. Like first it's Artie and now it's. Yeah, they are totally wearing Artie pants in those. Maybe, Maybe that was Artie. Is it Toby Huss? <laughs> no, it's Rudy Cassoni. Imagine how amazing a RD, the strongest man in the world, pinball machine would be, though. Ooh. Just, just oh, the no, call just a Pete, a Pete and Pete machine. You can make Petunia dance. I totally. <gasps> Retheme the Sopranos and have Petunia in the back. Or Big Bang Bar and have Petunia in the tube. And then have shadowy men on, on a shadowy planet record the music for the machine, and it'll be fantastic. I still have the Polaris. Me too. TV. Yep. Which is actually Miracle Legion, but they had to release music under the name Polaris for legal reasons. So. Hmm. Wait, I said shadowy men on a shadowy planet. That's Kids in the Hall. I'm, That's Kids in the Hall. Yep. I'm I just thought you were going for a nineties theme. Nope. There, you corrected so. me. Twice but, today. All right. But, well. Um. Yeah, sorry for that that left turn, but imagine (laughs) a pinball machine with Artie doing all the call-outs. That would be amazing. Can we just rename the podcast Left Turn? Yeah, we can. Yeah, all right, perfect. Okay. Take a left left turn when you get to Torpedo Alley. (laughs) Torpedo Alley. Um, Did you enjoy it? I super enjoyed it. My first game, I didn't really enjoy well okay we walked up to it and number one i had to snap a million pictures because <laughs> there's so much good art on this game and by good i mean terrible in the way that i super love um and like the little shark peeking out little octopus peeking out like in the background on the back i'm like i adore this and the little sinking ship in the middle it was like this is the best thing so i was getting really <laughs> geeked out about just how terrible it was slash wonderful it was and then yeah. Michael is, he is super sweet, but he proceeded to tell me all of the rules about every single part of the game. Oh, he and went deep on Torpedo Alley. He went super deep on Torpedo Alley. And oh, I didn't know anybody knew that game that well. That's kind of crazy and cool. Oh, yeah. He went below the waterline like he was in it. <laughs> um, whereas I was still like staring at the mast. I'm just like, okay, I can't. Wait. Okay. Wait, mast is boat, right? Nope. What's the? No, Never the mast mind. is the 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 big. It's the big thing. Wood 
or metal pole that the sail. Yeah, there's no. Uh, s- there they're be in a, a submarine, on. right? Oh, you're talking about the periscope. Periscope. <laughs> <laughs> what is wrong with me today? I need someone to do like cognitive testing, like listen back to the first time I was on the show and then compare it to now and let I've me made know you. my cognitive degeneration. Yikes. Okay. Uh, please don't actually do that because that's terrifying. So, yeah. So he explained all of the, the bits about Torpedo Alley and proceeded to have like an amazing game. Like I was just watching he was playing for forever. It was great. Um, and then I walked up and then like flip, flip, drain, flip, flip, drain, <laughs> Flip drain. You were blinded by the pants. It's not your fault. Blinded by the pants. Um, so the next game, and I told him, I was like, I like, I so appreciate you sharing all of this information with me. I can handle two pieces of information about a machine that I've never played before. <laughs> I was like, just tell me two things. Uh, and he was like, sink the ships. And I'm like, cool. And then he started to say something else. And I was like, I'm going to go sink the ships. And I just started playing. <laughs> And I sank the ships and got into multiball and collected a jackpot. <laughs> I'm like, see, two pieces, or in that case, one piece of information is all I need all when need. I walk up. And the game went crazy. Like, he told me the game goes crazy when you get a jackpot. He got a replay and it went kind of crazy too. But uh, yeah, it's amazing how much that game celebrates you when you do something good. Yeah. The it, it's so much a data east game, um, with like crazy shaped wire forms and just I don't know how like I, they went for crazy um, in in a lot of ways. But it's I think we Don and I a long time ago did a little like data east innovation show. But it'd almost be fun on one of our lookbacks to talk about some of their stuff that they did because. They're they're weird, but weird in good ways, <laughs> like really. And it's funny because a lot of their games that were considered dog games are totally getting all this new respect now, kind of in the way that classic ballets are. Mm-hmm. I mean, who would have thought that RoboCop would be the celebra- celebrated game from you know Papa? The and, Wrecking Crew is here. The Wrecking Crew is here. Yeah, like now everybody thinks that's an awesome game and fun to compete on and all that stuff. But um, I think it. we're calling it right now. Torpedo Alley is the big new game. Big game of Papa 2018. Mm, all right. Well, we'll uh, work on getting that, getting that uh, together. But it has the same shooter lane as Star Wars. Oh. <laughs> Interesting. Um, wow. hmm, what? 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 It has the three big? No, I'm just kidding. It's not Star Wars, but. Oh. <laughs> anyway <laughs> right Stern just keeps they go back to like old abandoned Data East designs and they're just like it's our new game yeah, Torpedo that would be Alley. great if they tried to re-release Torpedo Alley <laughs> um, oh, L.E. the pants they're actually painted on this time you look close enough I love I love everything about the just that they went with a full photo for the translite, and then there's not a photo anywhere else in the art. It's such a clash with with the rest of the machine. It's fantastic in the in the worst best way. Like <laughs> it's so good. I adore it. So I'm glad uh, you enjoyed that. I I have. 
pl- I've played one once. I think it was California Extreme uh, or Pinnacogo, one of those two. Um, but I totally would love. I bet there's one at the Pinball Hall of Fame, right? Probably. I don't know. I... But I'd love to play it again. I actually did think it was fun sinking ships. It's a little mechanical ship down there, right? Doesn't it move? Yes, it does. And there's okay. a light show and everything. And the one that they have there was in fantastic shape. So I was really I was really excited to play it. And it played really well. I, just, I had a great time playing it and hanging out with those guys. And, um, you know, we went back to Flip Flip for a couple of games before the end of the night. But that was pretty much that trip and then I drove back kind of early in the morning that day um just because I had a lot of stuff to do at the house so uh I didn't do my usual like hang out most of the day on Sunday <laughs> and I got home in a reasonable hour crazy Tesla appreciated that I'm sure he did um and then later that week I had dinner with Sue and we went and we, we ate next to the barbershop that has the flight 2000 so that we could play some flight 2000s. <laughs> um, so that was super fun. She hadn't played it before. Um, and then bells was also that week, but that's the day that Tesla got sick. So, um, I had people who kind of came to my aid to help run things so everyone who uh offered to help out and helped out like I very much appreciate all of you um let's see oh and then this weekend so I had to stay close to home because obviously Tesla making sure that he's okay but also um I had planned with the Borg to clean out my garage super exciting right oh very fun Yeah, very way fun, uh, but for the most fun reason. So we had like an all day, uh, my friend Dave dropped off like his trailer um, into the driveway in the morning and then we just filled it with garbage and then piled up a bunch of recycling and then Dave and I went to the dump the next day. It was very exciting, very, very exciting uh, trip to the dump. Never been, probably don't need to go again. Um, Got rid of a bunch of crap. And then on that feels Sunday, good though. yeah, it felt great, especially yeah. because on Sunday, uh, my friend Mike from Reno, friend of the show, who was on talking about his joust, um, he drove back up from Reno. He had been here not too long ago, and he brought me a present. Well, not really a present. I bought a game from him, and uh, <laughs> it went into my newly partially. Uh, emptied garage which is what i'm going to turn into my game room so that's news game room is happening very uh, cool are you gonna call it a man cave <laughs> I'm a lady cave just kidding i i i'm one of those people that hates the term man cave so i just have to... i should totally make it a lady cave and just decorate it with vaginas vulvas would... as far as the eyes can see that would be that would definitely give you a home field advantage when people came over. The distractions would probably um, give you a leg up. So, do it. A leg up, huh? Huh? <laughs> All right. Anyway, so. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, I haven't had a drink today or anything. So, um, so yes, I had a new game. And I was going to try and keep it secret until we recorded and not tell you. Do you want to tell them what I got? Uh, you got that Torpedo Alley you were playing. Yeah. No. No, I did no, not. I, I actually don't want to rob this of you. 
Okay. So. Okay. So we had the episode about Steve Kirk. And I was talking about how I have stars and I have Meteor. And one of the games on my very, very short list of things that I want was Nine Ball. And I got an amazing Nine Ball from my friend Mike. Like, it looks so I'm good. so happy. It plays beautifully. The back glass is stunning. The cabinet is in such great shape. And it's uh, the cabinet and head are matching because they're number stamped and everything looks great. The paint job is just just gorgeous. No idea how they kept it so nice this whole time. Um, the play field, it's definitely a player's game. So uh, I am hoping that eventually they'll do a repro play field so that I can go ahead and do a swap on. But we waxed it, cleaned it, got it all like up and ready to go. And it plays beautifully. I'm so happy. I can't possibly um, <laughs> thank him enough. But yeah, that was, that was fantastic to have that happen um, kind of so quickly. I wasn't sure how long it was going to take for me to find one because it's the rarest of the Steve Kirks. So only 2,000 and some were made on that one. Um, so really, really thrilled to have that game in the collection. Oh, and bet. now my friend Chad is helping me with some wiring and stuff in the garage so that I can get all of the games out there. Um, I think the plan is for me to put all of my classics out there and keep theater in the house. Um, and then just have the game room be all classics. That'd be cool. I actually um, might be coming up. Well, it's Bend, Oregon. That's in, close uh, enough. What's yeah, going in, on in, in Bend? November. Uh, my sister-in-law lives there. Hmm. And we might go visit, but I could t maybe slip away. Come play Do your it. nine ball. Do it. Your, your man cave. Woman cave. Vulva cave. What needs to happen, actually, mm. is we need to get your evil Knievel out here by that point so that I could just have the family fly into Bend. Then I would drive up separately with your game, drop it off, and then go over and meet them up, meet up with them in Bend. Oh, yeah. Do that. So I want to see that game, though. I, I've played Nine Ball a few times. It is a very, very good game. It's so much fun, and it it has literally like Steve Kirk's all written all over this game. You can see, <laughs> you can see how he develops from game to game, and like incorporates all these new bits into. It. So it has the nicest like little floating spinner. Oh, when you hit that, and then when you like hit it again and keep it going. And you've got like the value jacked up on it. And oh, it's so good. And then I've been learning like other things about, um, you know, the game as I've been playing it more. And, you know, Mike was telling me, you know, things that he knew about it. And it's just, yeah, I'm so, so happy and lucky. And Pinwell people are the best people. And um, Mike made me just beyond thrilled. Just, yeah. So, so, so happy. So a million thanks to him. He was going to try to be here to, to be on the show tonight, but um, he had something come up, so he wasn't able to be here tonight. But we will have him back at some point, I'm sure. Yeah. Especially if we do a nine ball episode. Definitely. Yeah, it's his second favorite Stern, and he was he parted with it so that I could have it. And yeah, super grateful, Jim. That's what I say. He's a dream maker. He is, but he also um, got one of his 
top games that he was looking for on that trip. So um, on his last visit, we had hung out with um, Jake from Rose City, um, who run the games at Seabar, and kind of took a look at their shop. And um, they happened to have an Adams family that used to be on location at Seabar that's in need of a little TLC. And um, Jake's not a fan of the games, so... Um, it's been on Mike's list that he's wanted for a long time. So the two of them kind of kept in touch. I, you know, traded their information for them, sent that along and, um, they were able to arrange a trade. So, um, oh, cool. Mike came up and so after he dropped my game, he went to pick up his Adams family from Jake and, um, brought a game over to Jake, which I don't know if he wants me to talk about yet, but traded for a game that Jake was interested in having. So, um, there will be kind of, um, you know, a new game hitting, hopefully, um, the rotation at C-Bar soon. So it was a really exciting weekend for people getting their games. <laughs> really, really good. That's fun. That yeah. is awesome. Yeah. Um, beyond thrilled. So now I'm spending time in my garage. Um, okay. And then one more thing and then I'm done. I did a lot of stuff. I'm sorry. It's really cool. It's mm -hmm. <laughs> um so today in the mail i got my critical hit t-shirt and match play decks yay which is awesome so i highly recommend everyone going out uh, i don't know how many shirts he has left but they're super comfy and they look great like the colors on them are really vivid and the printing's really nice it was done at free gold watch so awesome job to them of course again as usual and to Carl for getting it shipped out to me so quickly. Um, had it arrived one day sooner, I could have worn it to the critical hit tournament that I ran yesterday. Uh, is that kind of like wearing the band's shirt to a concert, though? It's a little bit no, corny. No, and I loved it because uh, there was someone who came to the tournament last night who was wearing a D20 shirt, and then there were like a ton of uh, Star Wars shirts, and I was just like, this is the nerdiest pinball day, and I love it so much. Yeah, that's... Uh, that's <laughs> proper so. so good uh i did not know that i was running a critical hit tournament <laughs> until yesterday so jake had uh taken a month off of doing selfie league at c-bar and decided that he just wanted to throw a critical hit tournament on a monday night at seven o'clock so <laughs> um he had asked if i was going to be at the tournament and i was like um yeah like i haven't been doing tournaments but it's a format that's really you know interesting to me and I have been planning on putting one together. Um, I spoke to Daniel Roan, who's an amazing Portland player, super nice guy, um, very into board games and stuff like that. So we kind of looked at um, put throwing one together, uh, I guess. And, you know, I didn't really... We didn't have a plan yet. We were going to do, like, a full day and have... Um, yeah, full day, and also do a, um, how are we going to run it? Like 20 people limited, and you had to like pre-register or some, something along those lines. Um, so we're like, yeah, that's that sounds like a good way to do this, so it's not too intimidating, and we just get to try it out the first time. Nope. So then uh, Jake sends me a message yesterday, and he was just like, this looks super complicated. I don't know if we can do this. And I run back and I was like, I got you. So, um, 
I read up on a lot of things and Bowen had just run one. So I asked him like, Hey, what were some of the pitfalls or whatever that you encountered and uh, questions that came up just so that I can be prepared. And he was an excellent resource and he and Carl were answering questions for me during the tournament. So um, we had 16 people originally when the group was small for some insane reason, uh, both Jake and I were going to play in the tournament and also run it. So, um, fortunately we nixed that and I did not play in it at all. Um, and Jake did play, which is good because he should be able to play in it, but then it gave us an even 16 and then we did three cards a person. Um, and then I held a, like a consultation in the beginning so basically nobody knew the format because we've never done it before in Portland and it's a pretty new kind of thing. So I was like, okay, I need to build in time where if, you know, people will get their cards and then have a chance to look at them. And if they don't understand them, they can come and like sit with me for a minute and ask me questions without anyone else like overhearing what was going on. Yeah. So we did that, which I think was good because people had a lot of good questions. Um, there's some stuff that I'm definitely going to like, um, message Carl about for some clarification. Like we, we set how we were going to handle certain things that came up, but, um, I just, for best practice reasons, just want to have a chance to talk to him about that and, um, figure out more of the exact intent of what he was trying to do. So, um, yeah, but it was fantastic. So 16 players, we finished, um, around 1130 midnight, somewhere in that, maybe, maybe my time frame is totally off. Um, <laughs> it was like, yeah, five hours, 12. Yeah. So five ish hours. Um, and you know, it was really cool to see the cards play out. So the very first round, the very first card that was cast was like an inversion, so, um, the player who cast it, John, he, um, the way that it, it works is that you like choose another player in your group to trade your hands of cards. Right. So when it's only three cards, a player, um, and he uses one to cast that. So now one player already has two cards without ever having cast anything. And then John Jacob got the three cards full hand from the other player. So... <laughs> Then uh, the guy is another John, John and John who are involved in this. So the other John, we call him Hambone. Um, he comes over to me and he like has the two cards in his hand and he like walks over and he's like, so can I just play this one? And I look down and in the cards that John Jacob had handed Hambone was another inversion card. So I was like, so yep. <laughs> Yeah, so then he swapped back with John Jacob, so he got his original three cards back, and John then got one card. <laughs> <laughs> Shenanigans. <laughs> like, why would, why would you, like, you just handed him away to make sure you only have one card this round, like, for the yeah. whole rest of the night, because there's no way to earn other cards. And that's the madness of Critical Hit. <laughs> So first round out of the gate, it was already hilarious and I was super enjoying it. Um, and I'm really glad that I just kind of stepped back and was presiding and not actually trying to play at the same time because it never would have worked. 
it, uh, it gets a little crazy with that one. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and it was cool to see the cards that people held on to to the end. And once we really got down to it, I had a count of how many cards had been played or turned in. So I knew there was one card just like floating out there somewhere. And I was like, I wonder what it is. Like, I wonder who's holding on to it and like how good it is. So uh, it ended up being nothing of consequence. But it's interesting to see the ones that people keep to themselves at the end. So um, it was an amazing time. I am looking forward to running that style of tournament again at some point probably with a better time frame than the one that we allowed ourselves this time, but it's a, it's a good Saturday format. Like totally. it can start kind of late afternoon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. hundred percent. Um, but yeah, it was, it was amazing. And thanks to Carl for all the hard work, putting that together and designing these games. Like it's totally like sadistic and I love it. Um, <laughs> I feel like we were separated at pinball birth or something because, uh, you know, there's ways that you can get two strikes in a round. Like, and we almost saw it happen too. And I was really excited for it. And then one person's like, Oh no, I'll just, I'll save them from having that happen. I'm like, Oh, I think it's funny to have that kind of stuff. And it really keeps people on their toes and entertains me to no end. So that was, it was a great night. Yep, I had a big hand stolen from my mind that I was holding on and like saying, "All right, I'm just going to get, I'm just going to brute force through the first few rounds and then let everyone else use up their cards." And then I had by far the biggest hand. I think I had five or six cards, mm-hmm. and someone swapped hands with me, and they had one which they were using in the process. So, <laughs> so went you went from, from five to nothing. Nothing. Yeah. Dang. Yeah. Still made it to the finals where Bowen took me down, but it was <laughs> hilarious. When it happened, like I just like had to give it to the guys, like, good play. Like that's really funny. I wish I had a shatter or something to counteract that, but yeah. I don't, so Oh no, that that's the thing is I actually did have a card that would have interrupted it, but I didn't realize it's already had it to him. And once oh, I put no. him in his hand, I was like, you know what? I'm not gonna call it back because th- that I needed to like at that time say it yeah shatter needs to be played without delay we had that come up with someone too where they wanted to do it and they're like but he already started the game i was like yep you can't do it yet but um (laughs) i definitely learned a lot from doing it in terms of i gave a pretty detailed explanation at the beginning um of of how things were running but i think i'm going to print something up that has um like explanations of the cards and have copies for people so that they can um, you know, just do like almost a frequently asked questions about these different cards, which there is a resource online that I printed out and was using. Um, but there were a few questions, um, about different cards and which ones were strictly local and which ones were definitely global. And, um, I'd like to have all of those answers in a place that I can point to for someone, especially with a new format like that. So, yeah. Yeah. One thing I think, I know he's going to make further versions down the line. And he has a feedback thread, I think, on Tilt Forms. I need to go look. But um, global ones should probably have, like, a different outline color. Like, they should be white or something, and the local ones should be black. I don't know. Or just say global, because, like, Shatter says local or global. And then if it's, you know, just, just say it on there. 
Yeah. I think that would help. But very fun. I'm glad you got to play that because uh, things have to align to make make that possible to play. So that's cool. You got a chance. Definitely. Yeah, it was fantastic. And there were amazing players just battling it out at the end. And, you know, a couple of people, people got burned pretty bad, but they came up after and they were talking and they're just like, but I still had a really good time. I'm like, awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, yeah, that's real good. Yep. Yeah. Key to that's having the right mix of people. So mm -hmm. if it's your first tournament, it can be tough, but if you've played, if you've played a lot before, it's, it's super fun. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. You done anything else? Is that it? I mean, I think that's it. Oh man. Sorry to let so you So we're down. pretty even in our pinball activity these last <laughs> couple of weeks. <laughs> Yeah, pretty. You might pretty have just caught me by a, by a hair. But. Yeah, just by a couple balls. <laughs> so, um, there's just a little bit of pinball news that we can hit on before we wrap things or get into anything else we're going to go into. Um, so, I'll, I'll just run down a few other things. Um, most of it, I don't have a lot to say about, um, but. One thing that was kind of cool is Chicago Gaming announced that their next game will be uh, ready for Texas Pinball Festival 8, 2018. So Excellent. that's March. And that you'll be able to order it there. Um, in fact, I think they... I can't remember if they said that there will be some available or not. But it, it'll be there and playable, at least, like hmm. uh, Attack from Mars was. So that's cool. A lot of speculation of what that game might be. Um, what is the speculation? See, I don't read any of this stuff. Uh, a lot of people are saying it, that it's probably Cactus Canyon or Monster Bash, but mm. or Big Bang Bar. Those are the three that people think. I would hope Big Bang Bar. I'm not a fan of Cactus Canyon. Uh, Monster Bash is fine, but I still see it everywhere. So, mm -hmm. um, Big Bang Bar would be fantastic. But, yeah, agreed. Yeah, so that's cool news. Um, we'll have to uh, follow that and see see uh, if. If they leak it ahead of time, like I'm mean, Pinball Expo is coming, and we know some games are going to be announced there. Uh, JJP game number four will be unveiled at Expo, so that's cool. Um, it's really cool because they're actually starting to get into a faster release cadence, which is pretty big for Jersey Jack. So, are they going to be doing another license theme? Do, is yeah, there... so pretty much everybody expects it to be Pirates of the Caribbean. Um, there's already Pirates of the Caribbean. I know. I know. Mm. There's also three Star Trek machines and several Star Wars machines. and it, Pirates is a weird one to have multiple releases of. But yeah. my wish, and I, I highly doubt this is the case, but I would be super actually happy about it if it was just based on like the ride. And it was just like kind of lighthearted <laughs> and Pirates and... And uh, kind of silly and and fun and cartoony, but I'm assuming that it's going to be the new movies. So yeah. Oh well, hopefully it plays great or whatever. Um, just based on theme, that doesn't get me super excited if that's what it is. But mm -hmm. um, you know, I'm I'm not one to get too hung up on theme. I don't like ACDC's ACDC's music. It's still my favorite Stern machine. So whatever. Mm. Um, John Papaduke is back, back like a heart attack, once more, designing pinball machines. Did you see this one? 
Um, I saw I saw something. Sorta. So Deep Root Pinball is a company that popped up, just like Weeds. These these new companies, um, and they Get have. It, weeds. That's, that's where it came from. Yeah, you are a connector of things. Um, <laughs> and so they have John Papaduke on staff, and apparently they're going to produce Magic Girl, and that's somehow going to be a thing that they're going to do. Uh, hmm. There's a lot of people out there that are kind of raising the pitchforks, I understand, because it's John Papaduke, and they're demanding that Deep Root make them whole, either by paying them uh, what they have in on, you know, the the John Papaduke games, or that they get their Magic Girl machine or whatever. Um, I kind of have mixed feelings about that. Like, I understand being mad at that company for hiring John, um, but I still think John's personally liable to make those people whole. Uh, Deep Root Pinball, I don't see why they inherit that liability. Uh, whatever. It's, I think it's a bad idea to hire him until he's kind of in the clear with people. Especially if they're going to produce games that he designed uh, where he took other people's money. And they essentially funded that. So they are going to be helping um, Magic Girl buyers, but I don't know about buyers for any of his other games. So that's already big drama, big mess. We'll see okay. what happens. Well, my my feeling is it's probably going to fold. <laughs> so, I I mean, I understand that people are upset because they gave money to John. John people yes. gave money to John because they love his games, because he's an amazing designer. He is not a businessman and has proven that very clearly. That, right. you know, I I find it difficult to swallow that his intent was to ever take people's money and not provide something to them. I 100% believe that he wanted to make more games and did not know how to do that and then got in over his head. And I've done that with things not on that scale where I'm like, I really want to do this. I'm definitely doing this. I'm telling people I'm doing this. And then I'm actually in it. And I'm like, oh, crap. Like, I have a grasp on one part of this. Right. And I'm not prepared for all of this, right? Um, but if everyone keeps like breaking out the pitchforks and, you know, getting a new barrel of kerosene to soak their torches in every time that they announce that John's working for another company, how do they expect him to earn money to be able to pay people back if no one will give him work because the people who want their money back raise the pitchforks when he starts to do something that could earn him money? Yeah. The, the crazy thing about it is that... I think it's about 10% of the people who put money in are actually taking part in the lawsuit against him, the class action. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I get it. I get the anger. It's a lot of money. Uh, and they're tired of like hearing that there's reasons for why they can't be made whole. But the crazy thing is, is that people didn't seem to like learn their lesson very well. And people from that, whole drama still rolled money into other iffy projects and i think by now though i i would hope that we've learned like with this deep root pinball thing don't don't send the money until they prove that you will or you that you will get your game not that you can or that you might like you you need to see just dead absolute undeniable proof that if you hand over money a pinball machine's coming your way Mm -hmm. um that's the way to handle this situation. 
Um, but no, I, I just don't see how it's going to be successful. Like you said, if, with the whole uproar around it all, um, it's just going to be hard. It's going to be sticky. Uh, we'll see what happens. They they know it's problematic. Like they've come, they've been on record saying, "Yeah, we know." And those people who've been burned in the past, they're not going to buy from us. But that they feel there's a large enough audience out there beyond those that were initially affected mm-hmm. that they can prove to that they can deliver a product. So we'll have to we'll have to see what happens. But yeah. well, I don't know. Maybe don't make Magic Girl. Like make something else. Make a whole different game. Yeah, let's, well, let's walk away from Magic Girl. Let's make something new. Let's make something different. Let's give him some breathing room to actually work for a company and make a great game that earns a lot of money so that he can pay people back. Let's let's give him room to breathe. Like he before all of this and even through all of this, he's an amazing pinball designer and to to just push him out and not give an opportunity for him to be able to make things right and to bring more pinball machines into our community. I, I really would hope that people would kind of give him a chance and that he could get a job, design a game with a company that has the backing and the ability to put a game out while he just has to design it and not worry about any of the business part, which is not, it's not him, you know? Yeah, a company definitely has to be on top of them and managing everything, and he just needs to design and the company handle everything else. But we'll have to see. I mean, if if by some miracle it ends up being a success, then yeah, it might it might roll into something where down the line people get their money back or people get their machines, whatever it is. But we'll watch it. For right now, um, it's a lot of. Uh, intent. So we'll see how far the intent goes. Right. Um. Yeah. Well, you'll watch it and tell me about it because. Oh, uh, that sounds exhausting. But <laughs> uh, I'll be happy to report. Perfect. Uh, a couple other little things. Uh, Thunderbirds, um, from mm-hmm. Homepin, had a picture come out. Just a really blurry top-down picture. Uh, this week in Pinball has it on their website. I am not going to dissect something that's that blurry but looks like has plenty of stuff going on i'm excited do you think you're gonna see it ever um maybe when i'm in australia oh that's right i would really like if i why do i okay maybe Uh, i shouldn't say this because it makes it sound like i'm not paying attention because i really am but uh part of my garage cleaning was I ordered some of those giant books to put CDs in because I used to work in the music industry and I have probably four or 5,000 CDs in boxes um, that I need to get out of boxes and put into those big like wallet things so that they take up less space than they're taking up now. Um, Just don't store those in the heat because they will stick to the label side of the CD and ruin them. Stick to the label side. The, like, you know, the printed side of the CD? Yeah. Um, in those little slide pockets, the, the plastic side will actually stick to the CD <laughs> and lift the ink. Excellent. If you yeah. leave them in the heat, just, right. you, they're fine stored otherwise. Uh, okay, I, uh, I sent you a message with the blurry I like picture. the color palettes. 
yeah. It's it looks like there's a lot of stuff going on. So. It looks like it's got a lot of plastic ramps and stuff. Stuff. Yeah, I would love stuff to see stuff. that game get made. I would love love for them to to be a success story after everything that's happened um, with yeah. them. But yeah, no, would love to see that actually come together. Yeah, then the other thing I'm sending you is the last little bit of news is uh, there was in a magazine some pictures of Alice Cooper's Nightmare Castle. That It's the art from the sides of the head, and it looks really cool. That looks amazing. Who Did it they does. say who the artist was? Uh, they announced it way back when, but I don't remember who it is, but that, that looks awesome. Dang, so, that looks so good. <laughs> it does. <laughs> Now I need to Google things. See what you're making me do. Oh, I drove you to Google. That's oh, but you t- also, t- another left turn, left turn podcast dot perp, it up dot com. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so I got those big wallet things. So I've been, you know, while we're talking, just mindlessly putting CDs into. Um, sleeving them. Sle- sleeving CDs. And I keep finding things where I was like. Huh. Like I, I don't remember that I had that, but it's fine because um, I got a lot of stuff when I was working that I don't remember actually getting, and um, I just found the Brokeback Mountain soundtrack for some reason is in my box of CDs. Okay, so I found more pictures. Jeff Zarno, Zorno, Z O R. Nope. Nope. I can't, I also can't read very well. I am wearing my glasses, but it's uh, (laughs) giving me trouble. One of your 18 new pairs of glasses. So it looks like he's done a lot of comic books. He's got uh, super rad Elvira uh, images up when you search his name to you. Yeah, he does some cool artwork. Dang. I'm really excited. I know. It's going to look good. Um, that is gorgeous. And the color palette is way brighter than like Rob Zombie. Right, but it's still kind of on that creepy vibe. It's super on point. So Yeah. Purples and greens and orange just says Halloween. So. Dang. I love it. It's looking good, spooky. So. Yeah, nice work. I dig. Keep keep it up. Totally excited to see more about that. Um, one thing actually to mention. So, uh, Pinsider Lior Illusion, he reached out. He's making a new mod for Indiana Jones, and I told him I'd give it a shout on the show real quick. But he's taken uh, pre-orders for his Indiana Jones ramp cover mod. If you Google or search Pinside Indiana Jones ramp cover mod. You'll find it. It's the top result on Google if you Google it. Um, but it just it goes along the left side of the machine by the path of adventure and the ramp there. So for those interested or having Indiana Jones, kind of makes it look a little bit more full, a little more complete. So good work. Um, it's always interesting when someone's able to find a mod opportunity for one of those older games because for the most part they've been pretty well explored. So. <gasps> No. No. Um, Jessica dropped out of the call. So, yeah. 
let's just uh, close the show, I guess. Right? Cool. Did yeah. you have anything else, or did we go over anything? Nope. I think those were all the things. I went over, I said a lot of stuff. You still have a lot of stuff? No, no, I already said a lot oh. of stuff. Yeah, but that's what we're here to do, is say things. <laughs> <laughs> we're here to be sayers of things. All right, that's fair. Um, Yeah, so I think that's it. I think I went everything. You know what's actually going to be kind of cool is, well, not now because I'm saying this, we can't hide it, but I was talking when you dropped out, yeah. and if we had just not said anything and I edited it back to where I said, so should we wrap up the show, it would have been seamless, but... It's not and how we do things. About it, so it's no longer seamless. Unless you want to just pick it up here, and I'll say. So anyway, that's <laughs> probably it for this week. Um, yeah, yeah, you just made a really good point right there, and uh, I think that wraps up nicely for us. Yeah, check the show notes for links to all those things we talked about. Are um, you actually going to put links in the show notes? Hey, Fancy. I totally did last time. I Fancy. definitely did. Um, cool. I do that. I, I link. I, I use hyperlinks to things. So, anyway, check that out. And Thanks for listening to the show. You can find us online at thepinballpodcast.com, on Facebook, and Instagram. You can also email us at pinballpodcast at gmail.com. Yay, pinball. Yay, pinball indeed. Or visit us at www.perpitup.com. Perp it up. Yeah. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Jessica, thanks for hanging in there through the customary, um, you know, technical issue. But It wouldn't be a show without it. Nope. So I'll stitch this up and get it out there. Sounds good. All right. Bye. Thanks. Bye. Hello. My name's Flipper. Gump. Do you want a steak sandwich from Gauchos? I could eat about a million and a half of these. My mom always said life was like Argentina sandwich. You never know what you're going to get. Those must be comfortable shoes. I bet you could play pinball all day in shoes like that and not feel a thing. I wish I had shoes like that. My feet hurt. My mom always said it. there's an awful lot you can tell about a person by their shoes. Or sandals. Where they going? Where they been? I've worn lots of shoes. Now you wouldn't believe it if I told you. I could play pinball like the wind blows. From that day on, if I was feeling sad, I was playing pinball. purpose in this army to do whatever you tell me drill sergeant god damn it gump you're a goddamn genius that's the most outstanding answer i've ever heard now go shop that playfield now for some that reason i fit in the army like one of them round pegs it's not really hard you just make sure the playfield's clean and all the bulbs are working and always answer every question with yes drill sergeant What you do is you just drag your nets along the buck. On a good day, you can catch over 100 pounds of shrimp. 
Everything goes all right. Two men, shrimp in 10 hours. That's what you spend on gas. Dundra, Sergeant! Go! Why did you put that play field back together so quickly, Gump? You tell me to, Drill Sergeant. Jesus H. Christ! This is a new company record. If it wouldn't be a waste of such a damn fine enlisted men, I'd recommend you for OCS, Private Gump. You are going to be a general someday, Gump. Now, disassemble your three-big target and continue. Anyway, like I was saying, shrimp is the fruit of the sea. You know how to play this? Come on, let me show you. Here. Now, the secret to this game is, no matter what happens, never, ever take your eye off the ball. For some reason, pinball can very natural to me. See, any idiot can play. So I started playing it all the time. I played pinball. Even when I didn't have anyone to play pinball with. The hospital's people said it made me look like a duck in water. Whatever that means. Even Lieutenant Dan would come and watch me play. I thought I was going back to Vietnam, but instead they decided the best way for me to fight the communists was to play pinball. So I was in the special services, traveling around the country, cheering up all them wounded veterans and showing them how to play pinball. I was so good that some years later, the army decided that I should be on the all-American pinball team. We were the first Americans to visit the land of China in like a million years or something like that. Somebody said, world peace, was in our hands. But all I did was play pinball. When I got home, I was a national celebrity. Famous or evening. Roger Sharp. Yes, sir! As you were. I have your discharge papers. Service is up, son. Does this mean I can't play pinball? No more? For the army, it does. And just like that, my service in the United States Army was over. So I went home.